Now, I've already apologized to the parents over because and over again. You know, I don't apologize to you. Don't apologize to you. Attorney Norm Pattis called it strategic. We thought it was vicious and uncalled for and gratuitous. But at the same time, the plaintiff's attorneys called for a recess to determine how they'd orchestrate the rest of the day. You think I could book that for like the, the, the weekend of the 14th when the soundtrack comes out? If, if so, bump somebody. I, I, I love you, man. Bye. I got my MTV out. I'm a savage! Oh! I'm a savage! Whatever I want, I'm going to get! Whatever I want, I have to get! And, and you're confident uh, on these cases. You don't think you're going to be behind a uh, defendant table throughout the entire campaign, crippled and unable well, I mean, to campaign? You know, if I am, if I am, it's going to show what a fake deal it all is. It's all fake. It's all, it's all just fake stuff. Do you want it televised? In order uh, to interfere with the election. This was election interference at the highest level. One person responsible for this nightmare, and he's acknowledged and he brags about it, Donald Trump. Chief White House correspondent Mary Bruce Travel with the president. Good morning, Mary. 20 rape conviction against former media mogul Harvey Weinstein was thrown out by New York's highest court today. Now to another big headline. Arizona's governor plans to sign a bill today repealing a 160-year-old abortion ban. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Patriot News Hour with your host, Joshua Capilla, the independent with conservative values, fighting the liberals, protecting the homeland from terrorists, domestic and foreign. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not going to stop. We're not going to stop. We're going to tell the truth. They want to suppress the information. They want to spread the lies. But we're holding everyone accountable. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Patriot News Hour. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. We're back. It hasn't even been 24 hours. Hold the applause for just a second. Today, we want to talk about Hamas and what's going on in Israel and what is the origin of Hamas. Where did Hamas come from? How did they arrive? Who are they? And why is that organization so hostile against Israel? We want to talk about extreme Muslims, what their agenda is, their ideology, and what they plan on doing in America, ladies and gentlemen. And yesterday, I basically said my philosophy is I'm an independent with conservative values. Look, if you want to know what that means, I'm not beholden to the right and I'm not beholden to the left. As an American, as soon as I become um, so galvanized by each party, whether it's Republican or Democrat, then I fail to have my own opinion. And then the other side boxes me in while I tried to defend the indefensible. And uh, even though I'm not perfect, ladies and gentlemen, I rather hold my morality intact. So no, I'm not beholden to the R's, the D's. I'm an I, an independent and uh, I support labor, I support unions, 
Um, I'm a capitalist, but I don't believe in the capitalism that we have today is once you start working for a company, they act like they own you and they can fire you and they could do whatever they want. And the top 1% don't have to pay taxes, but the middle class does and they, and they keep getting squeezed and squeezed and squeezed, ladies and gentlemen. So with all that said and done, that's a topic for another time. And no, I'm not a socialist. No, I'm not a fascist. I am an all-around good American. So let's talk about Hamas, and let's talk about the situation that's arising in Israel. Now, what we want to do is let's jump into a soundbite um, with an individual that is uh, reporting from the Israeli Defense Ministry. And uh, we want to talk about this. He's a spokesman, and uh, we'll just springboard off this and see where we're going with this, ladies and gentlemen. So are you ready? I'm in Starot. This time yesterday afternoon, this area, that police station, the remains of it, was under Hamas control. There was a fierce firefight by Israeli Defense Forces into the early hours of this morning, 4 or 5 a.m. local time this morning, before they took back control of the police station there. Look at the destruction. Look at the amount of force that was required to take it back from the Hamas militants who'd taken control of this town. What am I seeing and hearing now? The very beginnings of the clear-up, but I'm hearing drones in the air. That was an explosion. You may have heard that. We're hearing a lot of explosions here. We're hearing fighter jets in the air. Um, this town is almost entirely deserted. Just a few civilians we're seeing over, over here coming out, talking to each other about what happened here. Just to the left, I'm going to direct John to turn the camera on this car. This was part of the shootout yesterday. It's a very bloody situation on the other side of the vehicle. We won't show you that. But just look around here. Uh, John, if you follow me down on the ground here, look at all these shell casings that are scattered around on the ground here, Becky. This gives you an indication of the intensity of the firefight. They're all over the ground around here. As we drove into Storoch in the last half an hour, another explosion there. That's just the general background tempo. We're a few miles, a couple of kilometers from Gaza. Those explosions to us sound like they're coming from inside Gaza, hearing the fighter jets again as well. Another explosion there. When you drive into Stirot, you pass vehicle after vehicle that is damaged, that is shot up. We even drove past a police vehicle that had three clear shots through the windscreen right onto where the driver would have been sitting. Hamas came in here. Again, you can't understate this. They've never done this before. Come into Stirot and taking control of it. And obviously Hamas say they're still shelling this town. So if the sirens go off, we have seconds to get to the bunkers here. So this is still a very active, very hot zone. In this area, security is very tight. You see soldiers at checkpoints with their safety catches off their weapons. You see soldiers going through fields looking for places where there's been perhaps reports that there are Hamas militants. Hamas militants have been caught further north from here trying to infiltrate today deeper into Israel. So this is still a very uneven situation. But the beginning of the clear-up at the Starot, what remains of the Starot police station, that's just getting underway now, Becky. So ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. I mean, Hamas, the extremist, the Muslim extremist broke into Starot. They came in, they robbed individuals at gunpoint, they killed them, they looted their body. It was just a terrible situation that happened. Um, 
of epic proportion. It's just pure evil. Um, they're launching rockets, lobbying rockets over the walls, killing people. They're hunkering down in shelters. And a lot of Americans might be watching this and asking themselves, what is going on? Why is this happening? Why are the Muslims so angry at the Jews? And how far does this go back? Well, we got to remember um, Arabic people broke off from Jacob and Esau, from Esau primarily. That's where they came, right? Jacob, the Jews came from. And the fact of the matter is um, Isaac, his wife, Rebecca, had both of these two children, and one of them served the other. We're not going to get into a biblical record, but these individuals that descended from Esau were the Edomites, and they've just always caused Israel problems, claiming that their God was the way, right? And all of these people broke off from Esau, right? Amalek, Edom, Moab, the Philistines, um, and it goes on and on and on, and Assyrians, and they broke off into these jihadist groups, but they've created their own religion when it comes to the Arabic people, and they're in fundamental disagreement on whose promised land it is. And then what emanates from that is Muhammad and the Hadith, the sayings of Muhammad, the Quran, and you have these fatahs, and you have these wars, and these uprisings, and this resistance. So this goes back for thousands and thousands of years, ladies and gentlemen, and this is a result of sin. But like I said, this is not a Bible show, but you really do have to understand. So what is at war, literally, is two people's ideology under God and who's going to get their land and the establishment of Sharia law or the establishment of the Old Testament canon or Old Testament law. And in a sense, both of these nations, in a sense, are somewhat roundabout theocratic, not in the sense that God governs them like he did uh, back in the Old Testament, but in the sense of their ideology. So what we have here is an endless war that's going to go on. And you do have many, many, many Palestinian Christians that want to be free. Palestinians want to extend their border. So what you have is uh, a lot of chaos that's going on through the millennium, or millenniums uh, to be exact. But all I want to say is that only God's going to be able to resolve this problem at the end. And the problem is this can drag in the United States and uh, Turkey and just different surrounding countries and Palestine, and we can have a World War III, uh, ladies and gentlemen. That is one thing we don't want. In America, we just do not know when it's going to come home, especially with the border crisis that I talked about on the last show. We don't know how many Iranians are coming through. And I'm going to tell you this, is uh, we got to be careful of xenophobia and uh, uh, be not too hypervigilant about uh, just causing more problems because a particular ethnic group. But I'll tell you this, Biden negotiated with Iran to get some captives back and released $8 billion, and they're funding these terrorist wars. It was the wrong move, in my opinion, and historical fact is going to prove that. But ladies and gentlemen, let's get into another article here, and I want you to hear Trump, and you know, sometimes I bounce back from CNN, sometimes I go to Fox, because I just want you to get the overall feel for both of these news organizations, and let's, let's have Trump take it away. 
and talk about some certain Muslim issues, and then we'll get into some more reading, ladies and gentlemen. So I got one question. Are you ready? president is one. Right. You know he's not even an American. We need this first question. This is the man. First question. But anyway, we have training camps growing where they want to kill us. Mm -hmm. That's my question. When can we get rid of We're going to be looking at a lot of different things. And, you know, a lot of people are saying that, and a lot of people are saying that bad things are happening out there. We're going to be looking at that and plenty of other things. You are running to be president of the United States of America. Mm -hmm. That includes millions of peaceful, law-abiding Muslim American citizens who love this country. This man said, quote, we have a problem in this country. It's called Muslims. Now, you are not responsible for what he says, but this is raw, unvarnished, ignorant bigotry. You are a leader. You're the front runner in the Republican uh, race. Do you not have a responsibility to call out this hatred? Well, you know, we could be politically correct if you want, but certainly, if, are you trying to say we don't have a problem? Because I think everybody would agree. I have friends that are Muslims. They're great people, amazing people. And most Muslims, like most everything, I mean, these are fabulous people. But we certainly do have a problem. I mean, you have a problem throughout the world. What's the problem? Well, you have radicals that are doing things. I mean, it wasn't people from Sweden that blew up the World Trade Center, Jake. I get that, but to say we have a problem and it's called Muslims because there are some extremist Muslims is tarring all Muslims. You would agree that the vast... No, I don't agree with that at all, but you have extremist Muslims that are in a class by themselves. I mean, they are... It is a problem in this country, and it's a problem throughout the world. So do you believe that uh, Islam is consistent with the Constitution? Uh, no, I don't. I do not. I, I would not advocate that we put a Muslim in charge of this nation. I absolutely would not agree with that. And you, would you ever consider voting for a Muslim for Congress? Uh, Congress is a, is, a, is a different story, but it depends on who that Muslim is and what their policies are. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. So that first individual was questioning Trump at one of his rallies. And let's be honest, he was just probably a flat-out racist that didn't like any Muslim. And he probably never met a Muslim he liked. And so he was questioning Trump. And that second soundbite, these going back to 2015, was Trump talking about it, saying there's good Muslims, but there is an extremist problem, which he's 100% right. The third soundbite was from Ben Carson saying a Muslim should never, ever have the ability to be the president of the United States because of our constitution, our American exceptionalism, and what we fought for as a country that does not hold up under Sharia law. And, you know, we basically consider ourselves, a lot of people here, as a Christian nation, even though we're not anymore, but that's how they view us. And their ideology is the Quran, and they believe Jesus Christ is the Antichrist named Al-Jadal. And that's just what they believe and believe that he's a prophet and he's going to become riding into Jerusalem claiming he's God, which is the sin of Shirk, which they hate, um, ascribing God to any other God. They consider it polytheism. 
and they believe that the Jews get taken away and the Christians by this Antichrist, which he has unbelief written on his head, KFR, unbelief in Arabic letters. So we're not really going to get to that, ladies and gentlemen, but what I'm saying is we are in a crisis here. We're in a crisis with extremists. They're proliferating their agenda. They're spreading it everywhere, their ideology, and they just want to kill. And that is just the flat-out truth, ladies and gentlemen. And I'll show you why. I'll, I'll kind of read an article to you. And this article is dated October 8th, 2023. And it's by Isabel Debris, okay? And it's just about Israelis and they're hanging out. They're at a festival. They're having a good time. And guess who shows up? That's right. Hamas shows up and they just start killing people. Let's blaze through this article. It's about two, three minutes long. And uh, I just kind of want to show you what they're going through in Israel so Americans know. So this is a story the individuals are recounting in Jerusalem. That night was a gateway. Thousands of young men and women gathered at the vast field in southern Israel near the Gaza border to dance without a care. Old and new friends jumped up and down, reveling the swirl of the bass heavy beats. Mayra Alper was standing toward the back of the bar with the teams of environmentally conscious volunteers picking up the trash and passing out free vodka shots to partygoers who reused their cups. Just after 6 a.m., as a light blue dawn broke and the headliner DJ took the stage, air raid sirens cut through the ethereal trap music. Rockets streaked overhead. Alper 25 jumped into her car and raced to the main road. But at the intersection, she was encountered by crowds of stricken festival attendings, shouting at drivers to turn around. Then a noise, firecrackers. Panicked men and women staggered down the road just in front of her, fell to the ground in pools of blood. Gunshots. The open-air tribe of Noah Music Festival will go down in Israeli history as one of the country's worst civilian massacres. Dozens of Hamas militants who had blown through Israel's heavily fortified separation fence and crossed into the country from Gaza opened fire on young Israelis who had come together for a joyous night of electronic music. Some attendees were drunk or high on drugs, magnifying their confusion and terror. We were hiding and running, hiding and running, in an open field, the worst place you could possibly be in that situation, said Arek Nani from Tel Aviv, who had gone to the party to celebrate his 26th birthday for a country where everyone in these circles knows everyone. This is a trauma like I could never imagine. So ladies and gentlemen, as you can see, Hamas, they're really not interested in peace. They're interested in killing, destruction, mayhem, macabre, and they just want to kill for killing's sake. And they believe that there is an award waiting for them in heaven. They don't believe they can know God. They don't believe there's a relationship God. For Muhammad said he doesn't even know if he's going to make it to heaven. So they don't believe you can have a personal relationship with God. And that's why I believe they act out in this kind of rage and destruction and malice. And they just want to kill. And they consider America the big Satan and Israel the little Satan, ladies and gentlemen. So we really need to understand what we're dealing with when we're dealing with Hamas. It's a terrorist organization. They can't be rationalized with. They really can't be talked to. Um, this is just what they do. And they believe martyrdom is the way, is the key to the brightest future that one can hold in that 
basically insane ideology. So as Americans, when we think that we know what's going on, when we think uh, about Hamas, when we think about a Muslim extremism, we must not have a liberal stance. We must not have a far, far, far right ideology. What we need to have is a centrist view, and we need to adjust our uh, perspective um, with reality, ladies and gentlemen, because that's the only way that we are going to be able to inject common sense into this. So let's go to some other sound bites here and let's see what we got here in the crates. Let's pull them out and see what we're dealing with when we're dealing with Hamas, ladies and gentlemen. So are you ready? <laughs> Israelis and 198 Palestinians killed, along with hundreds wounded and dozens taken hostage after the violent Palestinian surprise attacks on Israel this morning, bombarding the nation and erupting the border region into deadly conflict. Welcome to Fox News Live. I'm Molly Lyon. And Deb Griff Jenkins, we were just looking live at Trey Yings. He's there in the middle of what appears to be rockets firing. Let's go right to Trey. Trey, what are you seeing there? Yeah, Griff, Molly, right now, Islamic Jihad and Hamas have launched a massive barrage into southern and central Israel. In the distance, I can hear, I can see some interceptors coming off. My cameraman's going to pan here, back here. And you can see this is Israel's missile defense system, the Iron Dome, in action. They've had to resupply these batteries as much as possible throughout the day. But what Hamas is trying to do is overwhelm these systems. So they're firing barrages at different angles and at different times to try and get past the missile defense in the southern part of Israel. There are still soldiers right now coming back from the Gaza border area, Griff. They are engaged in gun battles along the border with a number of Palestinian militants who are still here in southern Israel, working at this hour, doing everything they can to free the hostages that are still taken by these Palestinian militants as the military makes a plan for what will take place in the coming hours and days. Trey, when you began covering this early today, you were describing the ground component as well as the missiles being attacked. Now you've got a full-on ground component as IDF forces try and take back areas, territories, towns that were seized in, in the, the Hamas militants are trying to hold. And you've got missiles going right now. Where does this take us? Yeah, it takes us into some very dangerous territory, Griff. Israel is bracing for the possibility of a multi-front conflict. Ismail Haniya, the leader of Hamas, has just released a statement saying that he will expand the fight to Jerusalem and the West Bank. As we saw for ourselves just a few weeks ago, there are a variety of militants across the West Bank in Palestinian cities very close to Israeli troops. And Israeli civilians and the cities that sit just along the border with the West Bank. So the indication right now is that Hamas and Islamic Jihad will continue their rocket fire into southern and central Israel. They could even expand that fire. And they also say they are going to 
bring in militants from the West Bank and Palestinians in Jerusalem to this fight. Israel has called up hundreds of thousands of reserve troops. We are not sure what the plans of the Israeli military are. We have very limited information right now about what will take place in the coming days, but there are many options on the table. One of them has to do with sending troops into Gaza, which is a real possibility given the significance of what occurred earlier today with more than 100 Israelis killed in a cross-border attack. The other possibility is Lebanon and Hezbollah getting involved in this fight. And it's certainly of a concern to Israeli officials, and it's part of the reason they are raising the posture here, because they want to ensure that if Iran or its proxies across the region decide to capitalize on this opportunity that has been seen as a moment of weakness and an intelligence failure by the Israelis, that the army is prepared. Ladies and gentlemen, so they are at war with the world, with Western ideology, uh, firing over 2,500 rockets into Israel, killing at will, destroying human life. Even the spokesman is out of his mind. He has a lot to say from it's going to spread beyond the West Bank, outside of the Gaza Strip. Like he is ready to go to war. And we need to understand as Americans what we're going to be drug into. I mean, we just got out of the place known Afghanistan over a trillion dollar war. It was a complete nightmare. It was a total loss. I mean, Al-Qaeda moved in. They suppressed the women. They took them literally back to the Stone Age. It was an utter, complete disaster. Watch the videos. People hanging off the landing gear of the plane, falling off, thinking they're going to escape. People trying to crawl through the barbed wire. Go on Netflix and watch the documentary. It was utterly horrible. And the way we pulled out was heartbreaking. It was the wrong thing to do the way we pulled out. And uh, it's going to take generations and generations to recover from that. And that is going to be a hotbed of terrorism, even more now than it ever was and ever will be. So let's cut to the leader and what he has to say of Hamas. And then we'll exit the show. We'll end the show because uh, it's about that time, ladies and gentlemen. So are you ready? Al-Aqsa typhoon started from Gaza and it will stretch to reach West Bank, 1948 territories and our people across our territories. This is the battle of not only the Palestinians or the Gazans, it is the battle of all the Arab and Muslim nations simply for the reason that it is a battle for Palestine. It is a battle for Jerusalem. It is a battle for Al-Aqsa Mosque. So everybody, there you have it, from the words of the dictator, the terrorist himself, Ismail Hanani. And uh, he is the leader of Hamas, and he is waging war, and that is his statement on Al Jazeera. So remember, I am a big believer in the Second Amendment. Be vigilant. There are good Muslims out there. Not everybody is the same. And uh, keep your eyes peeled. Until next time, this is the Patriot News Hour. Signing off, Joshua Kapia. God bless you all.